0: Hello everyone, welcome to Think and Speak Positive by Pao. I'm really glad to be able to share with you one of the last two episodes of season one of the podcast. The project has its rhythm since the beginning of 2020, the project is still on and I'm pretty glad that within a year from the idea, to conception, to creation, all the website design, the content and everything into posting now, the final episodes. It has been like a journey of learning and a really exciting journey of seeing like how powerful you can have an idea and push it till you can actually live it. No matter the results, no judging what you do, but mostly acknowledging how powerful an idea in motion can be. So today we have Melanie Aronson, who is the founder of Panion. Panion is a social app, so really fun, engaging, and uh, innovative application that really helps people like connect through interests. If you like board games, you like, um, I don't know, skating, indie movies, or whatever thing that you could imagine and that you're really interested in, I'm sure there's a keyword that exists in Panion that could help you localize people around you who actually share the same interests as you, just discovering who they are and maybe this interest that you have, find someone who has the same Um, the connection can turn into long-lasting friendships because it's all about creating connections and to have a tool that can be used when you travel you relocate a new country or new region i think that's a really great idea melanie shared with us her journey as an entrepreneur as a founder how she created and how the idea came to her and how she has been growing within it so far The idea really matters to her and how she defends it and is building a community and team and vision around it so that really she can propose like an experience for people to really have meaningful connections. It was really an interesting conversation seeing the behind the scenes of the vision behind Panion, which is an app that really is adaptive, especially in the times that we are living in where everything is getting really virtual. We have less the opportunity, I would say, to connect more physically. But Sweden is different. Sweden didn't have the lockdown, so it's another experience. The recording happened in December 2019. We know that with the pandemic, a lot of businesses had to switch or change the strategy, make their vision evolve. And uh, that's the case of Panyon, which totally transformed into a community management platform. It allows companies, teams, to have their own experience of friendships and interactions and connections to interest within the circle of a brand company or an association organization it's great to see how startups founders adapt and uh, take decisions to make the company be up to date whatever environmental or economical situation happens so i hope you really enjoy and receive interesting insights from our talk you can definitely support the podcast through itunes social media spotify there's still one episode to come but we're gonna end with an amazing take on branding, so that's another episode to be really excited by. So really enjoy the talk and take good care of yourself and stay safe. Bye bye. Hello everyone, welcome to Think and Speak Positive by Kivai Pao I have today someone who is all about creating inspiring and like-minded friendships and making people get out of the comfort zone, talk to the person aside, and discover. Who can be your friend or not, but just doing things. So Melanie, can you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I'm Melanie. I'm the founder and CEO of Panyon. Okay. Something more crunchy? Uh yeah. I like cats and yoga. <laughs> and <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what exactly do you want do you want from me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's already good. Founder of Panyon, loving cats, loving yoga. It says a lot. That's the point of the podcast, showing who is behind the scenes. Okay,
1: I can extrapolate a bit. Let's see. I have a background in anthropology. I worked as a photojournalist. I've worked as a documentary filmmaker, cinematographer, director. I love to cook. (laughs) What else? Travel. I've lived in quite a few different countries, been to about 50 or 60 probably.
0: Well, that's pretty good. Gives us a panel of who is the one behind Panyon and the idea. I guess um, so, yeah. That's pretty cool. How did you get the idea of creating Panyon? I know that it's something that happened because of your experience arriving here in Sweden. So how did it come? Yeah,
1: so I came to Sweden on a Fulbright grant. So the, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's, uh, the U.S. government has this cultural exchange program. And they send people from the U.S. all over the world and also have an opportunity for people from different countries to come do research or, no, actually just study, I think, in the U.S. For us, we can do research or art project or study or many different things. And I had just finished my master's in New York in documentary film. I was interested in integration, basically. Like, how are people who are moving to Sweden, especially in 2014, at the height of the migration influx into Sweden, how are people integrating? How are people setting their lives up again? How are they feeling socially? What, what are the struggles with just getting situated in a new country? So I got this Fulbright grant to come do research for a year, to work on my film projects, to do interviews, to basically embed myself in, and understand the situation. And through that, I started to realize that people were really struggling socially. They were feeling isolated, lonely, not knowing how to make new friends, not being able to find people that they could relate to or that had the same interests as them. You know, in some sense, it was like, okay, there's this stereotype that someone who maybe comes from, say, Syria might not also be interested in playing piano because they're from a country different from me. And then in the end, like there's so many common interests that we have with people all over the world. It's a way to unite and kind of cross this barrier of meeting someone who might be different from you, but then realizing that they're actually quite similar in so many ways. And that's kind of the mission of saying, let's connect through these interests that we have. Let's find people through what we want to do and what we want to talk about and what values we have, what experiences we can share and then connect through that. And then, you know, all these kind of superficial differences that we see on the street or, you know, on a bus or whatever, like those kind of melt away.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Having it to fade away and open a path. Yeah, definitely. So how long has Panion existed so far? It's
1: a difficult question. I think um, I came to Sweden in two thousand end of 2014. And then I started to kind of have this idea, I'd say probably the beginning of 2015. And I started to just play around with it. I, have, I had set up a film production company. I had been getting jobs. I was working as a filmmaker here and like doing this on the side and playing around. And I raised a bit of money from my friends and family and um, built an actual MVP of the product to test it. And it kind of went slowly at the beginning because I, I wasn't really working full time on it. Um, but the excitement that people were showing around the idea and the product, it was pretty incredible. I mean, I got just so many from strangers, from people I knew. People were waiting for it because they wanted to use it already. Wow! So I realized it's something I really need to continue with. And then I got into... An accelerator here in Malmo, Fast Track Malmo Accelerator, and um, I'm not sure how I got into that because I was like a solo founder who like didn't really have a team.
0: So it can happen; you can enter by yourself and create your team afterwards.
1: I'm not sure. I think I was passionate about it, and I got on stage and pitched to a group of investors, and I think maybe they saw that it meant something to me and that I had kind of done my research and that I had experienced the problem firsthand. So you know I think a lot of companies end up growing quite well because it's already been confirmed it's a problem because the founder has had that problem and they want to solve a problem that they know other people are having. So that could have been it. I had someone at the end of my pitch for that accelerator say, wait, but this doesn't already exist. It's pretty surprising. And I'm like, no, we're all surprised about that. And I want to change that. I think it's kind of like a, a given for people that we should have something like this but no one has really created this like efficient smart way to search for people based on keywords and interests so it's about time so i thought i would
0: just do it myself and see how I'll it goes yeah it's going well cool so you started by yourself and you integrated this incubator how did you surround yourself with the white right people the right like-minded people
1: yeah, that's difficult. I think um, it's really about honing your gut. Honing you your gut. I like that. Like honing your gut reaction to things, knowing how to read people, knowing when your gut is like, eh, something's off in this situation, or this person seems like they don't really know what they're talking about, this person seems knowledgeable, and that's obviously something that you need to practice and work on and it gets better over time. And if I think back to like how much my gut reaction has grown and my intuition has been sharpened from being in this experience, it's pretty drastic. There's a lot of situations where like if I'd been in that same situation now that I had been in then, I would have done it very differently. And I'm glad that I had kind of failed a lot and made a lot of mistakes because yeah I am where I am now where I kind of know how to a like identify bullshit (laughs) I hope I can say that on this podcast
0: of course you can it's a podcast project I'm like free spirit you can say what you want go on yeah be free
1: so I think I'm pretty good now at spotting bullshit I think evaluating which events that we should spend our time on like when you grow a company you suddenly have like negative time. And so uh, really being able to prioritize and to spot when something is valuable or not or to qualify it. So to ask the right questions, to know if it'll be valuable very early on. So you can decide whether you're going to spend your time on it or not. Like all of these skills, I think I've really sharpened from this experience. And so surrounding yourself with people who don't just give you a lot of bullshit, (laughs) like they don't, you know, they say concrete things. They're not being vague. They really can show the value that they bring to the table. Finding people who've really done something that you admire, that you can learn from. Something that's very reciprocal (laughs) and mutual so that, you know, you can help each other out. And people that have, you know, bring positive energy and are really supportive, I think, is important. Another thing I've learned to spot is especially with meeting investors, is like the people that just want to question all the risks of what you're doing versus look at all the opportunities. And this is like now there's quite a few studies that see the difference between how investors approach male versus female founders. And with women, a lot of discussions end up leading towards the risks rather than the opportunities. And that's a bias that we have from society. But I'm now very good at spotting that and realizing that I either can turn it around in a conversation or that do I want an investor that can't even be excited about
0: the opportunity? Yeah, I was going to ask you about the fact that being a female entrepreneur, how challenging it is to be by yourself, leading, delegating and facing investors.
1: It's an interesting question and I get it a lot, but I don't know what the other... I don't know what it's like to be a male entrepreneur, (laughs) so I'm not sure. I'm myself, and that's as much as I have experienced, but I would say, yes, it's definitely harder. And I think the hardest thing for me has been finding this balance between being, like, female and a woman and, you know, what I'm told I should be is this, like, kind, nice, whatever, and being strong and, and having an opinion and being tough if someone doesn't follow through with what they say and, expecting accountability from people and finding this balance where you can really like demand what you expect and what people promise and still try somehow not to be that like bitchy boss or whatever women get, you know, get seen as. I think that inner battle is something that I've had to struggle with a lot. I also just feel like I've shifted to be a bit more confrontational and say what I what I mean because I don't have
0: time to spend talking in circles around things. And mimicking or being in the position of something someone expects from you.
1: Yeah, you don't have time anymore. You have to be efficient in everything and that even means just telling people what you think and what needs to happen. The right people I guess who are right for you appreciate that. Other people maybe not so much. Then you don't really need them in your space either.
0: Yeah, I agree. And do you see like uh, an increase of female entrepreneurs around you or not that much around? Definitely. I feel like part of that is
1: finding those communities on my own. They exist and you sometimes have to look for them. So you surround yourself with other female entrepreneurs? I've joined some programs, some mentorship programs. I was part of the Google for Female Founders, School for Startups for Female Founders program that was really valuable because there's just a group of women all kind of battling the same things and we could help each other out a lot. One of our investors is a VC that's focused on underrepresented founders, so then through that we get this kind of again exchange of people in similar experiences who can help each other out. So finding these kinds of resources has been very very helpful. Yeah, of course if you're on an event, you're just going to look for the other women there because you're usually the minority and that, you know, you have this common ground, this common experience. So, you feel a bit more comfortable there. But I would say that I've always kind of had a lot of male friends my whole life, so I don't feel super uncomfortable being a woman even if there's a lot of men. It's just not who I am or how I, I've ever kind of been. So, I can't say that it's like So, so tough. I don't know if the opportunities I'm not getting are because I'm female or not. Like, I can't really tell that. I do see this trend of asking about the risk a bit more. And now I'm very well aware of it. But I've also had some really supportive men along the way. And I don't want to discredit that because I think there's a lot of men that are very supportive. I don't think they're supportive because I'm female. I think they're supportive because I'm me and I happen to be female. And I think that's how it should be sure of course it's harder to be a female founder in some extent but i also think you can't create this self-fulfilling prophecy where you're always like
0: oh it's because i'm female because you won't move forward not enough yeah now let's talk about the friendships how do you define friendship oh you're giving me some hard questions here um your definition of friendship for example I mean, that's
1: the thing we've learned through Panion, that there are a lot of definitions of friendship and people are looking for different kinds of platonic relationships. We've seen this kind of split of people who really want to build close friendships and rebuild their social circle because maybe they've moved to a new place and they're starting from scratch. And then we have people who they just want activity partners. Maybe they don't really want to build a close friendship, but they want people to do things with and that's enough for them. It's been a lot of work on our side to kind of identify these different types of needs and to try to customize the experience based on people's needs. Today, we actually adjusted one of our words from friends to close friends because we felt friends was a little bit too generic and who doesn't say that they want friends but if you're looking for someone to do something with versus you're looking for someone who can you can like really sit and, you know, become like a real true friend with those are very different and we wanna make it so people can really find what they're looking for on the platform. I think for me personally, having a good friend is someone that I can rely on and I can trust and who we're on the same wavelength. We really can kind of have really engaging conversations and we can understand each other's experiences, even if they're different in this world. We can support each other and we can uh, respect each other for who we are. But I think everyone has a very different definition of what they're looking for, and that's what we're trying to accommodate. It
0: also takes a lot of time to create that friendship. Yeah. I've used Panyon, try to state how we met. I applied at Panyon a few months ago. That's how I discovered the app and I started using it. Well, in Paris, it's not that used back then, but when I came in Copenhagen, I just saw, like, wow, like all around me. And I saw that you're really trying to create communities aside from just the one-to-one, taking the one-to-one to to something bigger. How did you transition to having more a public kind of space?
1: Honestly, I was trying to find a, a hack for growth. And I thought, why not use other networks that already exist and give them some sort of value And then we can grow through them and they get some sort of tool or some sort of benefit from us. And so my thought was, okay, well, still, when I think about like my alumni network, I think about like any sort of organization or even university I was in. There was no keyword searchable interest based platform for me to connect with people in those networks. And I would have loved to have that in college. I would have loved to have that. I've worked for big companies. I worked for Apple. I mean, this would have been great. So I thought, why don't we offer this since we already have built the technology? Why don't we offer this? Why don't we get them to use this tool? And in return, they bring their network onto our platform and we grow quickly. And that's smart. So that's why we added the communities. I think also it feels a bit safer to find someone who also has this extra connection like they're part of the same university or they're part of a you know a group that you're also in that just gives you a bit more trust and another step towards feeling okay meeting someone in person and we're doing a lot of things on panion to build trust and to build the right tone where people feel like they're part of a community where we respect each other's differences and where we're going to start having you rate if you felt safe with the person if you felt compatible, so we can gauge if we're doing a good job, but also if multiple people report not feeling safe with someone that we can really take measures, you know, and to figure out like, how can we keep people doing contributing to the community in in a respectful way? And if they're not, how can we find those people? And how can we remove them? Because ultimately, we want to build a community as well, we want people to feel safe on our community, and we want people to feel like they're heard, and that we care about their safety, and we care about their getting value from our platform. And so. It's definitely like a trial and error and figuring out the right way to do that. But it's really important. And it comes back to the female founder, because someone said to me once, like, it's very clear that Facebook was built by a man. And I see that you're trying to build a social platform. And I can see that it's founded by a woman because you're trying to build empathy into it.
0: Interesting point of view (laughs) to all the big gaffers out there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was quite interesting for someone to say that. I had never really thought about that.
0: We really have to stop this thing about female and male. Empathy is like universal. It it is.
1: (laughs) It should be. And I think you're lots of men who have a lot of empathy. But it was interesting that someone said that. They were like, I miss the empathy in social network. If you can do this, then I would definitely join yours. Because that's what I'm missing. And I think being a woman, you could be able to incorporate this in a new way. And I was like, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> that's was a very interesting comment anyways. I didn't forget that one. Oh, That's good.
0: Can you tell, who is the person who told you that?
1: It was somebody I met through an online accelerator program called Transformative Tech. It's a program for people building technology that enhances wellness. And I honestly can't really remember, <laughs> but... The program was interesting because you meet a lot of people who really have like a socially driven mission behind their companies and they're really trying to help people live healthier or more balanced lives and so... That's a big mission of ours, to become a tool that you use to meet people in person and not something that consumes your attention and distracts you and you're stuck like updating your status endlessly in the app. We want to be something that you use and you use it for a purpose in real life and that you come back to it when you need it. So it was nice to meet a lot of other people who had similar kinds of missions um, in a sense, we were all like-minded in that way.
0: Cool. Do you use your platform? Are you like on Panion?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: And have you grown close friends so far? Oh. Are those like you like remember the most?
1: I think it's interesting because I think since I started really like taking Panyon to the next level, I've been really busy and I've made a lot of friends through Panyon, but mostly out of building Panyon. So in the startup community, through people who found Panyon and then reached out to me, because of Panyan so I wouldn't say all of the people I met actually in Panyan, but I met because of Panyan so that's been interesting I definitely have met quite a few people on the platform and I can't even really remember who was met on Panyan and who <laughs> wasn't because they're just kind of people in my life right now so it's like hard to even remember but I've also had some friends who've like we've had people come into the office to apply for internships and be like and find someone else working on Panyon and be like, oh, we already chatted on Panion. And I've had friends who've gotten jobs because they've met someone through Panyon or through someone I've met through Panion and introduced them. Like it's, We had one person who went on Panyon and saw a guy he had gone to school with back in the Middle East and then discovered that that guy lived in the same region of Scandinavia that he did through Panyon and then ended up coming to meet up with me and I was friends with that guy and then he got to see him out of nowhere. You know, there's been all these really cool stories. And then lots of people we've talked to who've met people and have stories about, like, going to someone's wedding who they met on Panyan. Creating a big friend group who all went to do some really cool activity. I mean, we've heard a lot of really fun stories as well. But there's just been a lot around me in general where a lot of my friends have met each other on Panin And it's very heartwarming to feel like you can be
0: somehow responsible for all these great relationships that are being built you must have the feeling that you're making impact, small scale and bigger scale, because it's more than just meeting people. It can really transform lives and have a next job or have this business partner. So it's really important.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, because it's kind of something that's built into my lifestyle a bit. I mean, I was working on social issue documentaries, trying to bring awareness about things I felt were important. So in some way, I always, Felt like it's not really worth doing things that don't bring impact in some way. So yeah, I'm happy when I hear these stories, but I'm not thinking every day, wow, I'm bringing so much impact to the world. I don't think about it like that. I really enjoy building things that people get value out of. I think one thing that's kind of different for me is like we raised some money and like having the ability to give someone a job. Isn't that something I've never, I mean, I had a production company where I would hire freelancers, but this is different. Like you're giving someone a job and they're coming to join your team and work with you. And yeah, in that way, you feel kind of impactful that you can bring someone on and give them something to work towards. And and I never really thought I would have that, I don't want to call it power, but like have the capacity to offer someone like a full-time job. Like I didn't imagine that and that feels a bit different i'd say but yeah cool
0: and let's talk about the fact that you're an artist Mm -hmm. and that you also have to work with other different genres like designers developers so how do you find the balance and delegate
1: Mm. So yeah, I mean, I'm an artist, but I also have been working in film for a while, and they're quite similar. So, you know, managing a film project, you you can't really, you can make a film alone, but it's usually a lot better when you collaborate. It's similar. It's, you know, finding the right team members, delegating tasks, creating something together, finding the flow and building a process where everyone kind of can bring out the best of what they do. But that said, I have always been a more I've worked for companies here and there, but I've been a freelancer for a very long time, so it has been a transition going from working for myself, usually in in my home to like having an office and coming into work every day and managing a team, managing in general and overseeing a team has been a, a huge transition working on my leadership skills, but it's been a lot of good growth, I would say I feel like in like the last two years. I've learned more than I had probably in all of university in some sense in a different way. Yeah, life skills and business skills and these kinds of things. And it showed that you can learn by doing because I didn't study business or entrepreneurship or anything. Part of me thinks it's like something that you innately have inside you or you have that drive to kind of build something or you know, run a company. I've always been very entrepreneurial. Actually one person Someone who interviewed me asked me what my parents do, and I had never really thought about it, but both of my parents were self-employed. And then I was like, oh, okay, I get it now, right? I think being creative and having a background in anthropology and in like art allows me to bring something different to the table than a lot of other companies. And I feel like also being very close to people and cultures and understanding that it gives a different insight into so we're very user driven research driven talking to users all the time I think that's something that comes from having studied anthropology taking the time yeah I think your background definitely affects how you the approach you take to how you want to grow your
0: business yeah I agree there's something I have to say we didn't do as usual, meaning in the beginning, we have some words that would write on the little notebook. But Oh, sorry. It's me. And um, You also told me to bring an object. Should I do that? <laughs> what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to discover your object, and we will end by the words, because she's a busy woman. I'm really grateful that she accepted to put me into agenda. <laughs> uh, I'm curious to see what you brought.
1: I mean... I kind of faked it a bit. Okay. <laughs> so I brought this uh, in my pocket, but it's actually good that you asked. It's good that you asked because you're encouraging me to do something I've been trying to do for a while.
0: Oh, was that?
1: I saw this product where, um, actually part of the program, this transformative tech wellness program that I was in. Um, They created this product where they have this like rock and that like it lights up and vibrates to remind you to take a breath and to meditate very briefly throughout the day. And it was quite expensive and I couldn't really fathom spending the money at the moment on that since I'm like a poor founder at the moment. Like I'm not really paying myself a salary. But then when you asked about the object, I was like, but there's got to be another way to do that. And then I realized that like I collect lots of things on the beach. And I had this really beautiful rock that could have actually been mistaken for this product. And I put it in my pocket. And I was like, all right, I'm going to keep it in my pocket. And then every time I feel it, it'll remind me that, you know, it's really hard. You get really wrapped up in everything. And that you should always take a moment to breathe and to just be thankful for who you are, what you have, that you're healthy, all of these things. So this is the beginning of encouraging me to use this rock. So thank you for that.
0: You're welcome. That's awesome. Sometimes you just have to look around. Yeah. (laughs) No need to invest too much. But I really like the idea, really. And rocks, whatever stones, they have so much memory that what you already put inside there is inside. Yeah, that's true. It's
1: been on my shelf for a very long time. So it's been witnessing my life in my living room for the last few years. So it knows a lot about Mm -hmm. me already. So I'm sure it'll remind me to take a step back and look at the bigger perspective when I feel
0: stressed. And does it have a name?
1: (laughs) Not yet, but that's a good idea as well. I will have to think about that. But I want it to be a really good name, so I'm not going to choose that one on the spot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great. So what we're going to do is just going to take the notebook. I'm going to put a word that comes into your mind, whatever the word.
1: I don't know. This one word keeps coming to mind, but I have no idea why it's there. Put it. Don't censor yourself. It's not very profound or anything. (laughs) Mine either. (laughs) Okay.
0: We have a few minutes before you leave. I'd like to talk about you, aside from Panyan. Mm. I feel that is definitely a a challenging role. And it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of pressure, joy. And you look like, you know what, I mean, joyful. So how do you find the energy to be resourceful and uh, stay focused on everything you have to do? Do you have some tricks, some tips?
1: I have a lot of little things that I've started to incorporate in my life that have made a difference for example I make my bed every morning (laughs) me too (laughs) this is something new in the last three or four years I was a very messy I'm creative so I'm very messy and I'm trying to kind of find little things that help Create signals for myself to know that it's time to to do this thing or that thing or to kind of be a bit organized, and I've had a lot of issues with sleep, so I thought that you know signaling to myself that it's morning and I make the bed and then when I get in the bed at night, I open the bed again, this kind of thing, and it makes me feel a bit like organized yeah it's a routine it's a good routine. I do yoga every morning it's basically one of the first things I do out of bed. Because I realized that I probably can't motivate myself to exercise after work because I'm exhausted. So why not do it and pair it with something I do every day, which is wake up. <laughs> so I do that. Um, and it's now been almost five years. So I've been doing yoga pretty much every morning. And I also took the pressure off myself to think I have to do this big workout. I thought if I do it every day, then I can commit to like 20 minutes. You know, that's easy to do every day when it's not a lot. Rather than even going two to three times a week for an hour and a half, I'm the person that's better at taking a little bit at a time. So that's really helped. As of five days ago, I started eating vegan. It's an experiment. (laughs) It is. But I actually feel amazing. And a lot of my little ailments are starting to heal. And so I'm uh, going to explore this longer. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really figured it out. I mean, I'm totally scattered in terms of writing down lists for myself all over the place and trying to find the right productivity tool to organize things. And like in a startup, you just have too much coming at you and there is really no answer, I'd say. I don't even have the time to create productivity kind of structures.
0: You're always adapting. So I'm always adapting. Do you take some day-offs Yeah,
1: one day I'm not here I'm out yeah and that's the other thing I think part of what I've thought about is that I'm really glad that I started a startup in Sweden and not in the US because I see that Sweden the culture in Sweden it imposes this work-life balance on you in a different way in the US I was kind of taught that I should be the harder I work, the more I'll succeed. And I actually realized that when I do take breaks, and when I do have balance, I can be more productive, and I can feel healthier, which makes me better at what I'm doing. And so Sweden has helped with that. Like I can't, no one will write me an email on a Sunday. So there's no point for me to write an email on a Sunday, because no one will read it. And I like that. I like that on weekends, you're really expected not to work. So I do take weekends off that I might work here and there a little bit. But in general, I'm not going to work a seven-day week. And probably in the U.S., I might have done that. So I think that's really important to find balance. And it's an ongoing process. But it's definitely been helpful knowing that it's accepted around me, that I'm not, not working hard enough if I take time off. And I'm trying to take more vacations as well because it gives me a lot of perspective
0: and also just helps your brain reset. I agree. How do you envision Panyan in a few years? You want to conquer Europe? You want to conquer the world?
1: (laughs) I mean, part of what I hope for Panyan is that obviously that everybody knows about it, but that just knowing that it's in your pocket and that if you need it, if you want to connect with someone, that it's there and that alone gives you the security of knowing you're not alone when you don't want to be. For me, that's kind of the ultimate goal because you can feel lonely Even if you're surrounded by people. Even if you're surrounded by, thank you. Even if you're surrounded by people, right? It's finding people that you connect with. It's finding people that get you. And sometimes it's just knowing that they're there. Even if you're alone that day, but knowing that you have that support system that makes you feel less lonely. And so I think that just knowing that it's there somehow can help with that knowing that there is always a possibility and that there are all these people out there, there's a very high chance that there's someone is like you in some way that you can connect with and feel less isolated, even if they're, you know, a few towns over, you know, someone you might not have bumped into spontaneously. So that's the goal. I mean, we have other goals. We want to make Panyon a knowledge sharing platform as well, where you can host workshops around your favorite interests and hobbies and these kinds of things. But I'd say my main goal is just to make people feel like they're not alone. And that they're connected, whether they want to explore that now or later, that it's there. Do you have the intention to have like
0: ambassadors everywhere in different cities? Mm-hmm.
1: We've already started. We have ambassadors uh, in Sweden and Denmark, and we're working on other places. The goal is to grow that ambassador program to create some cool like community also around those ambassadors uh, it's definitely a priority for us to to find people who who see the importance of the mission and to help us grow in those different markets
0: that's really cool we're gonna write another word generally it's like at the beginning and in the end i'm curious to see how in a few minutes you have evolved
1: i have no idea like my my mind just brings random things that have nothing to do with anything
0: it's okay it says how you feel at the moment on another page or on the same page? Yeah, say. another page. I call this the manifesto words, and generally they say a lot about how you are in the beginning and how you are in the end. My first word was, well, don't laugh. Superman. In this case, will be superwoman then. <laughs> what was your first word? Apple.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. That is
0: business-like. That is healthy.
1: Yeah, I was thinking more about eating the apple, but yeah.
0: And my new word is mind. Mine is shell. Interesting. Superman, apple, shell, mind. That could be interesting mixing up. It -hmm. says a lot about the encounter that we just had. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) How did you feel about the experience?
1: It feels good. I feel a bit like I'm in a mixture between... A session with a therapist and a session with an investor.
0: <laughs> I don't know how to take that. In a good way, for sure. Okay. <laughs> Any advice on how I can improve or how it can be better next time?
1: I mean, I like, I like the questions you asked me. It felt like you did your homework. I
0: you don't, don't research. research. You don't research. I know a little bit about you yeah. because of the past, but I don't research. I come here literally blank. So that I can also be like the people who are going to listen.
1: Yeah. Your questions were thoughtful. They weren't just like, I don't know. Sometimes people just ask you very generic questions. And I think it's like you tried to get deeper into something specific and you asked a question that got me there, which was very nice. It was nice that it's just the conversation. Mm. Yeah. Like, I like that. Maybe if the table were a bit shorter and we were closer, it would feel a bit more like I'm like, right now I'm at a A long, formal dinner or a board meeting.
0: (laughs) but I started at the beginning just with the iPad and really close. With the people I meet and not someone who is already a podcaster has advised me, like, this session is better for the mic so that I don't take that much. And I'm learning as well, but I do prefer the closeness.
1: But what's the plan for, like, I'd love to share whatever you create and help you get people to listen
0: and whatever. Well, this is a season one, Mm -hmm. and the focus has been on Copenhagen plus Malmö. So, kind of a Scandinavian vibe. So, I really hope to do a season two with a different focus, maybe more on design and art, but also entrepreneurs. It's really interesting to see how you can have an idea, work on it, and uh, make it grow. Mm -hmm. So once it's launched of course you have the link you have your own page Uh, i'll share with you and you can definitely like share as well i hope people are gonna learn because a lot of people go through a lot of challenges being a founder so yeah thanks for having me thanks for saying yes (laughs) do
1: i have to say anything to sign off (laughs) happy friending
0: (laughs) that's your tagline yeah okay (laughs) happy friending That's it for you guys. I hope that you will enjoy the conversation and take interesting insights from it. Expand enthusiasm, people. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: There's this stereotype that someone who maybe comes from, say, Syria might not also be interested in playing piano because they're from a country different from me. And then in the end, like, there's so many common interests that we have with people all over the world. It's a way to unite and kind of cross this barrier of meeting someone who might be different from you, but then realizing that they're actually quite similar in so many ways. And that's kind of the mission of saying, let's connect through these interests that we have. Let's find people through what we want to do and what we want to talk about and what values we have, what experiences we can share and then connect through that. And then, you know, all these kind of superficial differences that we see on the street or, you know, on a bus or whatever, like those kind of melt away.